Hi, Teamsters. I'm Carrie Ann. And I'm Allison. And this is Podcast Without an Audience. <laughs> Where two friends pick two topics and find intersections. Or not. And God, have we missed you. Yo, I feel so rusty. I feel rusty, too. I'm like, how do we record a podcast? I know. I forgot that I went first for a second. You do go first, yep. for sure, for sure. And I love how when you arrived today, mm-hmm. I was in my pajamas and you were coming from work. It's like it was a year ago. I know it's nothing like, has changed. It's like no time has passed. I was watching <laughs> Friends on the TV. You come over looking like a goddess. I'm in my pajama jams. No gray sweatpants. No gray sweatpants, but I'm sure that we will see them again. Oh, 100%. They haven't actually gone anywhere. No, they're in the drawer right by you. <laughs> We're still recording in my bedroom. The bed is still being held up with a rock. So nothing has changed. We're still here. That. I know. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what we've been up to over the past year cool uh should we do like you know pop culture things and then we'll dive into like actual personal things that we've been up to this absolutely past year? okay a league of their own a league of their own the tv show not the movie okay movie's still great movie's still good tv show's gayer oh okay i, I know you haven't it. seen it yet we have to schedule a friend date yep. to like binge watch this entire show because i've seen it three times through and it gets oh better God. every time which where where can i find it uh you can find it on amazon prime okay which is probably the only reason that i look at amazon prime for movies or tv shows yeah no regrets i'm not a huge fan of that platform i know it's really weirdly set up yeah yeah it's not great but a league of their own run don't walk run don't walk what yeah. do you like about it um besides the gay so it's super well researched there are a lot of intersections and intersectionalities with the different characters um like we have queer folk we have uh trans and non-binary folk people of color oh thank god um it's pretty historically accurate the clothes are great um the writing is just top-notch um and there are a few like really sweet throwbacks to the movie mm. that I loved. So and Rosie O'Donnell. I, so she's in it. That's exactly what it, I was yeah. gonna say. Yep. Uh she, so what's what capacity is she in this one? So she actually owns and runs a bar that's a queer bar mm-hmm. um that you have to have a password to get into because of oh. course it's the nineteen forties mm. and everyone hates the gays. Yeah. So um you have to be a friend of Dorothy to oh. get in. Oh, yeah love love all the references yeah and rosie just absolutely kills it good so and there's like like sort of this alternate world that i've created for myself where she is still the character she played in the movie Mm -hmm. and now she just runs a queer bar in the same universe yeah i love that that. yeah the multiverse it's not just for absolutely you know the other thing um well that that's that's a good recommendation i know there's been a lot of there's been so much content that's come out since we've last podcasted for all of the nerdy folk out there house of dragons came out i have super good one run to walk um it's like it's a uh, lot less violent okay than the other one so the first couple episodes are kind of you know but after that it it gets better it's about the targaryens right yeah yeah like daenerys Mm, i forget her name already it's been like six months since it came out cool maybe longer longer than that. what is time 
Time is irrelevant and made up. What was interesting is that it came out at the same time as uh-huh. the Lord of the Rings which you show definitely also binged definitely but it's it's all about like bright and light and there 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 are some you know war scenes and stuff that sure are super well done but it's much less dark so it was nice to like follow up life is about balance life is about balance which brings me to wednesday which is super dark Um, is it i haven't seen that either but it's perfect no notes no notes no notes and i'm like i was wednesday adams five years in a row for halloween as a kid um no notes so and tim burton directed it right yes oh yes he did i've seen things on online where like everybody's obsessed with her dance oh yeah is it to a lady gaga song it is okay well i think pretty sure Mm -hmm. like 90 percent sure (laughs) let us know And we have been hearing a lot from people. Obviously, we announced a couple weeks ago that we were coming back. And the love has been... Overwhelming. Overwhelming. So happy that you guys have not forgotten us. We are back for season two, baby. Season two of many. Which is weird to say. say Like, I never thought I'd have a season of anything. I know. And now we have two of them. Now we have two of them. So there have been... Some questions on our close friends group for our Patreons, wondering what kinds of topics you guys want to hear about. So definitely drop us a line on the Instagram. We are at pod without an odd. Let us know what kind of things you want to hear about. Maybe what you missed. Yep. Tell us all the things. We want to hear from you. We We really do. I missed you. I missed you more. I was talking to them. I know, me too. (laughs) (laughs) But I missed you too. (laughs) So should we dive in? Yeah, let's do it. What are we talking about for psychology today? Okay. Carry in. And I'm so excited to come in because I really legitimately have no idea what you're covering. I know. I know. So every once in a while, I'd arrive and be like, I'm so excited about my topic. I'm going to tell you like mm-hmm. just the title mm-hmm. as soon as I walk in the door. Um, and then, of course, you don't hear anything about it until we start recording. Right. But this time, we even kept the title a secret. We, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Ditto. Which is totally different than the ideas I threw out at dinner a couple weeks ago, by the way. I'm so glad because mine is also not one of the ideas that we threw out at dinner, but it's adjacent to one of the ideas that I suggested for you. Oh, well, maybe we came together. We may have. Okay. It would not be the first time. It would not be. Okay. What's that number you guessed in the... 42. 42. Yep. Hashtag 42. What you got? <laughs> All right. In my most recent rewatch of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. I went down a little rabbit hole. Yeah. Our dear friend, Luna Lovegood, not so affectionately known as Looney Lovegood, mm-hmm. says, you're just as sane as I am. And like, I love her. I love her. I mean, she's great. So we all know that the anonymous author of Harry, the Harry Potter series <laughs> had a pension for being a little too on the nose with naming her characters, right? So, like, mm-hmm. her Chinese character is Cho Chang. Um, the two Indian characters are, are Pavardi and Padma Patil. And our delightfully charming, brilliant, and quirky character is Luna. Mm-hmm. So, I have good news and bad news. You are going to love and hate all of this because I am talking about lunacy and oh, lunatics. Okay. All right. So, we all know that Luna, Looney, and Lunatic are associated with the moon. But I was feeling a little froggy and decided to save everyone else the work and do a little digging. Did you know that Luna is like one of the most popular dog names along with like Bella? Yeah. And my mom has a cat named Luna who 
the name might be a little fitting, which is, is slightly problematic to say <laughs> after doing all the research. And <laughs> this cat is very particular. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I can't even call her sweet. I can't be like, she's sweet, but she's, sweet, but she's not sweet. No, not no. at all. But. And if you're not my mom or her husband, then. she has zero interest in you. Huh. So what we do know is that the word lunatic is a super outdated term for someone who is seen as mentally ill, foolish, or crazy. The condition was once called lunacy and derives from the Latin word lunaticus, mm. meaning of the moon or moonstruck. So this idea is that changes in mental state are related to lunar cycles, and it's been going on for centuries. Like in Shakespeare's Othello, the maiden um, Amelia tells Othello that, quote, the moon has drawn too close to the earth and driven men insane. Mm. It feels very witchy. It is very witchy. But this is still like pretty widely believed today. There's an idea that a full moon provokes strange behavior, strong emotions, and even can cause injury. Mm. One study says that 81% of mental health professionals believe that the full moon can make people ill. It feels really good to talk about studies again. I know. Can I tell you? I read this study. Yeah. I, you know, I did some Googling. I did a little research. Gave it a goog. Feels so good. Okay. I have, so driving down the road, there's been a couple times where I'm like, oh dear God, that moon is like something's wrong. Yeah. That moon is huge. For sure. And it's coming towards me. Yeah. Um, also I made a, I had like a thought while I was driving here about the only time I've heard the word lunatic being used recently is when people are driving, like they're driving like a lunatic. Uh huh. I haven't heard it like anywhere else. That's a good point. In a long time. Yeah. Also, while we're talking about Harry Potter, I meant to put this in my notes and forgot. Didn't. Mooney, like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Lupin. Also, werewolf also changes at the full moon. Mm. There's a lot happening there. Yeah. So werewolves think aggression, think like different personality, Jekyll and Hyde moment. There are lots of things that like culturally seem to tie emotions to the moon and like in fact changing people's behavior and like even appearance due to the moon. Interesting. People Super talk, cool, I mean, it's right? one of those like, is mer- Mercury, is Mercury in retrograde? It's like one of those like, is it a full moon? Yeah. Sometimes it's in Gatorade. Sometimes <laughs> it's in Powerade. Retrograde's the least. <laughs> the <laughs> least, least favorable of, of the all options. <laughs> all right. So as someone who's worked in human services for a while, this belief holds true and folks are really quick to ask what the moon is doing when shit starts to get real. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, kids running away from home or things just popping off, people getting really angry or anxious or overwhelmed super easily. Everyone's like, uh, what's going on with the moon? Is Mercury in retrograde? Mm-hmm. All of that. It's real. It happens. We yeah. all talk about it. This is called the full moon effect. And it's the idea that behavioral changes can be blamed on the pull of the moon. Quote, the connection between the two is supported in historic legal treaties. For instance, famed British jurist William Blackstone wrote that people gained and lost their ability to reason according to the moon's phases. Mm -hmm. That's written in legislation and legal treaties. What? Yeah. We're getting to the legal part. Wait, how is that relevant to anything? Great question. We're getting to the legal part at the end here. Because I read that and I was like, uh, there's more here. We need to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So originally... Lunaticus, I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, my Latin isn't great, referred to epilepsy. Like, Mm. historically, they think that there was a tie between the full moon and epilepsy. 
um, Mm. and madness. So epilepsy and madness were thought to both be diseases which were caused by the moon. And here's a little fun link up for you religious studies folks. Mm -hmm. I'm like literally pointing at you. Yeah, you are. The King James Version of the Bible records lunatic in the Gospel of Matthew, which scholars believe is a reference to epilepsy. Mm. I'm not a big fan of the King James Version. Oh, I'm aware. Mm -hmm. Fully aware. Me either. In the King James Version, there's a reference within the Virgin to the horoscope of a lunatic, according to an astrologer who describes how the positions of the planets, including Saturn and Mars, with respect to the moon, are the cause of, quote, diseases of the mind. Mm. So (laughs) it reminds me of like, and we've talked about this before, like when we don't understand something, how we blame it on something else. Yeah. Like once you have scientific logic and understanding, you're like, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe this isn't maybe what causes epilepsy. Ridiculous. <laughs> However, like this was believed for centuries. In fact, it can be traced all the way back to uh, ancient Greece. And Rome. Oh my God! Stop. Naturally, right? Naturally, the root of all. <laughs> <laughs> so, the fourth and fifth centuries, astrologers were commonly using the term to refer to neurological and psychiatric diseases. Some argued that the full moon induced individuals to lunacy and epilepsy by impacting the brain. Roman philosopher Pliny, Pilney? Pliny. Pliny. Yeah. Suggested that the full moon caused more dew to form, Uh like outside dew. Like (laughs) doo-doo. Like dew on the grass, (laughs) not doo-doo on the grass. (laughs) Uh, which led to increased moisture in the brain. Okay. And that, he said, led to madness. Right. To me, it sounds like you might be just better hydrated. If that, what are you licking the ground? Oh, (laughs) less, you know, skin is more plumped. Sure. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's methamphetamine. All right. Until at least 1700, it was also common belief that the moon influenced fevers, rheumatism, episodes of epilepsy, and other diseases. In the 19th century, so we're getting a little closer to current day, lunatic asylums were run by the city or state and started to become overcrowded, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're locking people away for all sorts of shit. We're like, you don't quite fit in Mm -hmm. and or you're gay. Let's just get rid of you. Would you like equal rights? So sorry. Denied. Denied. The word lunatic then developed this, like, hateful association. Yeah. Obviously, right? Like, the undesirable. For sure. And eventually dropped out of the medical lexicon by the end of the 19th century and was replaced with words like insane Mm. and then later mental illness. Mm -hmm. During the 1970s, psychiatrist Arnold Leiber theorized that the moon influenced the body's biological tides and altered human behavior leading to increased rates of violence and homicide. So even though like we're letting go of the word lunatic and lunacy, these ideas about the moon and impact on behavior like still persisted. Mm -hmm. We just, you know, changed what we were calling it. So let's circle back real quick. There've been a lot of theories and a lot of those theories have been debunked. The possibility that the moon affects humans isn't totally groundless though. There's one quote that, so we know that um, a lot of what humans experience is also impact or also experienced by like other things in nature, Mm -hmm. other animals, whatever. 
So here's a quote. The ocean's tides rise and fall in time with the moon's phases, and several marine species, including coral, sea-dwelling worms, and some fish have reproductive cycles timed to lunar cycles. Interesting. Which is super interesting and also gross. Like, fish are disgusting. Oh, yeah. Sea-dwelling worms? I was thinking about that. Sea-dwelling worms. Sea-dwelling worms. Sea-dwelling worms. So not earthworms. The sea worms. The sea worms. I um, was in one of my favorite bookstores, I think, yesterday, and there was an anthology of sea-dwelling creatures. And you picked it up right away? I picked it up right away because even though I have a phobia of fish, I'm like, you know, weirdly intrigued by it. Opened it up, and the very first thing I saw was sea-dwelling worms. What? Closed the book and, like, squeamed. Was that before or after you wrote your notes? This was before. Okay. So it's a calling. No. It called to you. This topic called to you. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what research has shown about humans. In a 2021 study. That was so recent. Like, last year. Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. Time is weird. Shit. Time is weird. (laughs) Time's not real. All right. So this study found that people fall asleep later and slept less overall on nights just before, like, leading up to the full moon. Other research suggests that the full moon may be associated with less sleep or less deep sleep and increased REM latency, which means that it takes longer to get to, like, REM sleep. Mm Mm-hmm. A 2015 study found that the full moon may affect sleep differently in males and females. Females may sleep less and have less REM sleep when the full moon is coming versus men who have more REM sleep. Well, there's not a care in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Ever. At all. But yeah, so a little tangent was reading this and then they were saying that historically it makes sense because women tend to be like lighter sleepers anyways. Mm -hmm. And pre- fluorescent lights and pre you know uh electricity your moon is you know the light coming into your room yeah. might keep you awake now we have lights we have blackout curtains we don't even still, notice her right right but still but we feel her this study yeah study found it to be true but speaking of things that were debunked in 2017 a study found that people visiting the ER, because of a psychiatric condition, were roughly the same during all four phases of the moon. So, like, people don't go to the ER more, though we'll get to that in a second. Um, a 2019 review from 18,000 medical records and different facilities found the same thing. No relationship. One marked exception. A 2018 study examined 17 people, so small sample size. Small, small. Who have bipolar disorder. And what they found was that they tended to switch rapidly from depressive symptoms to manic symptoms. The study showed that the circadian pacemaker, which is like a small group of nerves, and these individuals became synchronized with lunar patterns. Wow. This caused changes in their sleep and, when triggered, caused a shift from depression to mania symptoms. In 2019, another case study with of a woman with bipolar 2 found a moon-to-mood connection, and they discovered that changing her medications during this period did prove helpful. Hmm. So that's kind of fascinating, right? For those 17 individuals with one particular... And one woman. ...diagnosis. Yeah. And one woman. So 16 men and one woman? No, 17 people, and then a year later, they did a case study on a woman specifically. Oh, okay. They're like, we didn't get it the first time. <laughs> get a woman. Let's just verify real quick. Let's get one. Yeah. 
Let's just run it back. <laughs> Try again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people also commonly believe that the full moon can impact violence, aggression, trauma, and suicide. However, numbers of researchers have tried to tackle this and all came to the same conclusion. A full moon does not increase these behaviors. Mm. Fake news. Yeah. Okay. But it's easy to see like where all of this comes from. It's easy to find evidence to support the belief that bad things happen when the moon is full. Our brains naturally like patterns and sometimes we see them where they don't exist. This is a quote. We don't pay attention to uneventful full moons, but the strange ones stand out. This is called mm. cognitive bias. You may have heard of it. Yeah, I think we've talked about it. Confirmation bias. Right. Again, this is a quote. The world is very scary and the world is unpredictable and it may give us a pleasure, a relief to think that the world was not as uncontrollable, not as unpredictable as we might believe. Whether it applies to the full moon, I do not know. Although I do suspect that anything that gives us a sense of what we can predict might provide us with a measure of psychological reassurance. Mm. So people seem to like that they can predict that behaviors will be more erratic during a full moon. Or they can blame their behaviors. At least they have something to blame it on, right? Sure. Yeah, I think it goes both ways, right? Like, either you look around and you're like, okay, I'm just expecting stuff to be off, and Mm -hmm. then it's confirmed when it is off. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you're like, it's not me, it's the moon. Right. Right? It's not me, it's retrograde. What's the moon doing right now? Uh, It was just full on the 6th. It's full now. It's full now? It's full now. The moon is full April 6th. The moon's full tonight. The moon when is full out. when this comes out. That is cool. Thank you so much. Good Aren't job. I'm impressed that I knew that like off the top of my head. I did Google it, but I only Googled to confirm. <laughs> I'm so proud of you for just planning this whole thing out. Thank you Everybody so much. take a picture of the moon. I'll, well, don't do that. It's really hard. Do you ever see like a big, beautiful moon? You get your iPhone out and then it just looks like this teeny tiny little thing on your phone. It's like you can never capture it the same I know. way. Oh, it's such a bummer. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about the impact on like legislation yeah. and stuff earlier. We're going to come back to that now. On December 5th, 2012, the U.S. House of Representatives passed legislation that had already been approved by the U.S. Senate removing the word lunatic from all federal laws in the U.S. Mm, so it was still included in some, like, old-timey shit? Not even that old-timey. Like, oh, no. But shit, yes, it was included. Yep. Um, so our guy Obama... Mm-hmm. Hey. Hey, Barack. Uh, President Obama signed the 21st Century Language Act of 2012 uh, into law on December 28, 2012. So it had to literally be stated that lunatic is an unnecessary term mm-hmm. and its removal will have no impact on the broader federal law, said Senator Mike Carpo. It says Crapo, but I feel like that's wrong. <laughs> some would probably call him that, some might not. <laughs> and Kent Conrad. Other fun things that have changed. In 2010, Congress voted to replace mental retardation mm. with intellectual disabilities. Yep. And in 2011, handicapped was replaced with having a disability. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite, in 2009, in Maine specifically, they replaced person with alcoholism in place of common drunkard. Common drunkard? Common drunkard what? was still on the books until 2009. Oh, my God. Back to the point. Advocates of this law said that it was not merely politically correct word policing, 
but legitimate attempts to ease the debilitating stigma attached to mental illness and developmental disability. 100%. Changing this language feels like a small step towards healing the stigma of mental illness. Quote, the word lunatic connotates danger, wildness, and unpredictability. It sort of captures them in a snapshot as this dangerous, unpredictable, indifferent soul. Mm. So definitely had to go. Gotta go. It's it's so, like, those words are so cringy. Super duper. And it's weird to think that they were just so common. Exactly. Yeah. Also, language is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And we should expect this as we gain understandings of the impact of our words that we're using today, that these things will continue to change, and they should. Mm-hmm. And that, my dear friend, is the history of lunacy. Wow. You know, what's interesting is that there were no moons in Twilight, right? They just changed to be werewolves because they were mad. Is that inaccurate? I stopped reading after the first book. That feels right. It feels right, right? Right? So no moons. Maybe somebody out there is like screaming. Do we need to consult a uh, Twilight fan? Should we? I don't know any. Do you? I know one. You know one? I do. I'll consult with our resident Twilight fan. Perfect. And we will provide a update as needed next episode. That sounds great. Yeah, because I was thinking about werewolves going through like a spiral of all of the werewolf references that I knew. And um, yeah, I couldn't think of any from the movies that I watch. The one that comes to mind is Harry Potter, mm-hmm. obviously. Also in Wednesday, there are werewolves. Interesting. So that's cool. And they're kind of at will as well. Mm. I mean, they do have like a full moon thing, but like the girl's able to like put her claws out anytime she wants. The first restaurant that I ate in Charlotte when I moved from Delaware was a place called Wolfman's Pizza. Ooh, was mm-hmm. it good? It was the best pizza I'd ever had as a seven-year-old. And... <laughs> And they played old black and white werewolf movies on the TV. Oh, that's cool. And they had cool. this big mural on the wall of like the old timey. It was very cool. I love that. It has not aged well just because they have never redone any of the murals. Mm-hmm. And I think it's still, it looks very different than it did in 1999. Sure. It's the best sure. day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Weird. So look out for the moon tonight when this comes out on April 6th. Yep. If you are going to charge your crystals, don't forget to put them out. Don't forget to make moon water if that's a thing for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Feel free to dance naked. Dance naked. Have a seance. Don't kill a chicken. Don't kill a chicken. You know. Seems like good advice for life. Amen. 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 You heard it here first. (laughs) Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are talking about North Korean defectors. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Do you like Dungeons and Dragons and lovable siblings with great banter? Well, then come check out Crit Nasty, where the Johnson siblings play D&D any way we want it to be. Every Monday, you can find us getting up to things like... And I stare him dead in the eyes, and I extinguish the flame, and I say (laughs) 500,000, no less. He says, you're lucky that this studio's owned by Disney and that this is a national story. (laughs) What, you don't like milk? You must not have tasted my milk. But now, you'll never get to. You guys. No. I got that 20. You come for my milk, you come for me. My milk is like a mother to me. (laughs) What? Oh, yeah, I, uh... I used to play the liar pretty pretty well, but I am kind of searching for new avenues. Dude, no way. 
our liar player died yesterday. <laughs> Find us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us at critnasty underscore pod on TikTok and Instagram. Stay nasty. And we're back. <laughs> so I wanted to start out with a topic that I've had on my list for a while. And I am starting out season two with a multi-parter. All right. Go big or go home. Yes. Right? Yes. So I'm going to be doing a multi-part episodes. I don't know if it's going to be two or three yet. Okay. On North Korean defectors. Cool. So today I'm going to be talking about kind of the history of splitting of the Korean Peninsula and the Korean War. Uh, I'm going to be talking about communism, all of that stuff, all the background stuff. And then next week we're going to get into specific North Korean defector stories. Love it. Hate Let's it. Let's do it. All yeah. of it. Yeah. So, in the mid-1940s, tensions began simmering in the Korean Peninsula, and five years later, the North Korean War began on June 25, 1950. The Communist North Korean People's Army invaded the non-Communist Republic of Korea in a very calculated attack along the 38th parallel. The goal for North Korea was to unite Korea under the communist system. Right. Over in the United States, President Harry Truman had concerns that the Soviet Union and Communist China may support North Korea, and he sent U.S. air, ground, and naval forces to assist the Republic of Korea in its defense. The first several months of the war was very kind of like one step forward, two steps back. There wasn't a lot of progress being made. Then the North Korean army started making small progress and kind of pushing the South Korean army back over the 38th parallel. But in September of 1950, the U.S. did a surprise attack where they came around behind the North Korean army and basically sandwiched them in. So they were hitting them from both sides. Gotcha. Bam, bam. And ultimately, this caused the the Northern Army to retreat past the 38th parallel back up into North Korea. All right. So they realized that they were outgunned, outmanned. Correct. (laughs) Chickapa! So then in October, the United Nations, which of course is backing the U.S., suggested that the two forces try to unite the North and South under non-communist government. There's an idea. There's an idea. So now each team is trying to get everybody on the same page. Well, this didn't go over very well. And China, who had been involved this whole time but laying a little bit low, they launched an attack that would result in North Korean armies breaking through the 38th parallel and taking control of the South Korean capital, Seoul. At this point, the Truman administration pivoted, scrapped their entire plans for uniting the two, and instead focused on damage control and basically trying to prevent a third world war. Right. We're basically like we're like, what, five years out of the Second World War? Yeah, not far. It started in 1950, so really not far after. Yeah, yeah. So I could see why they would be a little tense. Yeah, they're a little bit concerned. Also, maybe this just happened so close to World War II, but I don't have any recollection of learning anything at all about the Korean War in school. We learn very little about the Cold War, the Korean War, all of those things that kind of... Because communism is scary, and we don't know how to talk about it. Correct. Well, we're going to talk about it today. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. So, meanwhile, in the U.S., election time is coming up, and Eisenhower is elected into office. 
So he used the Korean War as one of his largest campaign strategies. He was basically like, we're going to get out of there. Um, And seven months after his inauguration, an agreement was signed ending the strategic combat in Korean in the Korean Peninsula and leaving it divided, obviously. Right. Along the 38th parallel. So that's where we, that's where it split. Um, and of course, this agreement prevented North Korean, uh, North Korea from imposing its communist rule on South Korea. South Korea then soon after had a slew of, of bad leaders for a while and then finally had democracy in the 1980s. The Korean War was relatively short, but extremely bloody. So nearly 5 million people died. More than half of these were Korean citizens. Almost 40,000 Americans died in action in Korea, and more than 100,000 were wounded. Wow. So, yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, a lot of hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. I mean, you think about war during this time, it it looks very different than it does now. Not saying it's better or worse, it's all shitty and all sucks, but a lot more hand-to-hand combat. Oh, absolutely. And... Like, I know that this is also a war that happened during so many people who are still living's lifetime. Like, mm-hmm. um, the only reason I knew anything about it is because my grandfather fought in the Korean War. Yeah. Um, but he was, like, stationed in Germany. So Gotcha. Yeah, but still, there's, you know, people who are still living who remember this. Yeah. And just thinking about how far technology's come, how different wars are today. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's virtually no aerial combat anymore. Very little boots-on-the-ground combat, it seems. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, just processing all the things. Yeah, it it would have been very scary. And we'll we'll talk in part two about a lot of people's stories, both on the U.S. side and and the North and South Korean side. So, what is communism? Communism, among many other things aims to substitute private property and capitalism with public ownership and communal control of shared services. Communism is a form of socialism, but the largest difference is that communism adheres to the ideologies of Karl Marx. So, I saw you raise your hand. Are you asking me to wait before I... No, go for it. So, communism, like on paper, kind of like... You know, super extreme socialism, it kind of makes sense, right? Like, you know, your basic needs theoretically should be met by the government. So housing, food, like some of these things should just be provided to you. However, without the lack or with the lack of um, capitalism and like social advancement, it gets really dystopian Mm -hmm. super fast. Yes. It really does. We're going to kind of break down the origins of the word communism, and we're going to talk about Karl Ooh. Marx for a second. Cool. But um, it, it's, it sounds great. Yeah. It sounds super idealistic. For Sign sure. me up. But in reality, it's done some really terrible things. Yeah. Well, because you can't have like that much power over people without becoming corrupt, too. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. The power shifts in just a different way. Yeah. So Karl Marx lived between 1818 and 1883 and was born in Germany and died in London. Marx's theory is often referred to as a conflict theory because it assumes that the world is in conflict and that conflict is between the rich and the poor. I don't disagree. Yeah. Again. So far. Again. Yeah. We're going to be like, yeah, totally. (laughs) 
So to understand communism, we have to look at its opposite, which is capitalism. According to Mr. Marx, um, it's the private. So capitalism is the private ownership of the means of production. Basically, that our society is built on a few people who own a few businesses that control the economy. These businesses are not owned by the employees or even jointly by the employees and the owners, but exclusively by the owners. Right. So during the time that he was kind of coming up with these theories, there begins to be a change from the feudal system to the Industrial Revolution. So in the 17 and the 1800s, there were several uh, enclosure acts that were passed that basically segmented land that says, this is mine, this is yours, and prevented the common use of many properties. So before this, the world was basically a communal garden and that you can grow crops on common land, you can live your life. I mean, going back to even like, you know, I mean, everybody's been obsessed with land always, but there's always been communal spaces. Right, well, and a lot of indigenous beliefs are centered around like you can't own land like you absolutely just doesn't belong to you (laughs) right surprise right it's kind of like owning the stars it doesn't Mm -hmm. actually like you can't own them right you know you can appreciate them you can you know yeah why don't we rewrite the stars you know so now the way that people are providing for themselves and their families is changing So instead of growing your own crops and keeping your own animals, people were having, people were being displaced um, and there was a huge influx of folks moving to the larger cities. And every, like throughout history, we see this push. Mm -hmm. There's always, you know, over the past 200, 300 years, there's been a huge push to people from the rural areas to the cities. So they found jobs in textile mills, Um, And before they knew it, they weren't working for themselves anymore. They were working for the man. Man with the plan. So there had always been, you know, a class system that's existed forever Mm -hmm. and always. But it was further defined between business owners who were middle class and called the bourgeoisie. That's a Karl Marx term, which is where we get the word bougie from. That I know. Bougie. 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 Bourgeois. You're a bougie bitch bourgeoisie 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 (laughs) the 2023 hit the bourgeoisie um so again marx believed that capitalism is designed to keep the rich rich and the poor poor which is indeed accurate like correct have you ever spent time thinking about how expensive it is to be poor versus how cheap it is to be rich like i've never thought about it phrased like that I mean, it just blows my mind how much more money people living at or below the poverty level have to spend to survive than people living in the middle, upper, and upper classes. Well, that and the dollar does not go as far. Right. But, like, I mean, everything... Think about going skiing, okay? Good example. The rich can own their own skis. Mm -hmm. They can own everything that they, you know, need in order to go skiing. So they show up and they pay a pass, pay to get a pass, like 20 bucks or whatever. If you do not own your own skis and you want to go skiing, it's like $100. You go skiing however many times and you could have bought your own stuff, but Mm -hmm. you don't buy your own stuff because you can't afford to go skiing. Yeah, well, nobody goes skiing unless you got some money. 
that that's like a true. very like golfing skiing you know <laughs> you know you know you're not wrong i'm just you know making yeah. a point yeah oh 100 versus the government giving everybody a pair of skis right and is like use them if you would like it's a metaphor i got you Marx believed that through education, members of the lower class would see this disservice and through a revolution, rise up. Cue Hamilton reference. (laughs) So we believe, or excuse me, he believed that a new way of society would come about. One where everyone is equal, lands, factories, and other community staples would be owned by everyone. And this idea was called communism. Marx believed that there were two phases of communism. One there would be a transition where the working class would control the government and economy. However, individuals would still be paid according to how long, hard, and well they worked. The second phase would evolve to completely eliminate class, making all property and goods uniform, commonly owned property, and wages, prices would become the same across the board. Again, I don't hate it. Like, the CEO of a company does not work any harder than people on the front lines, right? So, I get how theoretically you could make an argument for them making the same amount. Like, if we're compensating for work, we obviously don't value physical labor the way that we do mental labor. But we also don't value emotional labor or, like, historically women's work the way that we do men's work. So, by making it all the same, or at least closer... You know, you could really help some people out, namely women. Well, the important thing to recognize, too, that even in, like, in North Korea, for example, you're given rations. Right. But you're also valued at different levels depending on things like gender sure. or education or uh, just general status. So that still, it doesn't go away. Yeah. You know, it still, it still exists. Though, under communism, the argument is that every... In theory, everyone makes the same, right? Like, that's what he's saying for part two. Under Carl's... Right, his original theory. Under his actual theory. Yeah. It would be that everyone with certain qualifications would make the same. Yeah. I see how we got there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, and this would eliminate corporate greed. Uh, it would level the playing field. Uh, but unfortunately, what ended up happening in a, in a lot of cases with this, but in our case, North Korea, is that the government is now controls the property and the production. And it's up to them to determine what wages, prices, and production goals are. And so then we just they get fl- greedy. We just flip the, the, the power sure. to a different source. To the government versus to people. Correct. One of the most fascinating things about North Korea is that it's also completely shut off from the rest of the world. Quote, according to Article 1 of the state constitution, North Korea is an independent socialist state. North Korea does hold elections. And I'm going to pause for a second. They hold elections, okay? But they only have one person on the ballot and you're required to vote. So they quote unquote hold elections. They quote unquote hold elections. Got it. Yeah. So, and these elections have been described as sham elections as North Korea is a totalitarian dictatorship. Yep. North Korea daily life revolves around their leader, who is currently Kim Jong-un. The Workers' Party of Korea is the ruling party of North Korea and leads the Democratic Front for the Reunification of Korea, the sole legal political movement in the country. That's their political party. Got it. So, there's no opponent to, to right. run against them, essentially. Right. According to Article 3 of the Constitution, 
Kimil Sungism is the official ideology of North Korea. The means of productions are owned by the state through state-run enterprises and collectivized farms. Most services such as healthcare, education, housing, and food production are subsidized or state-funded. Interestingly enough, the education system is free. Right. But you have to purchase your own desk and chair to go to school. And also, of course, what you're learning is required. It's a very specific curriculum. Sure. Sure. So. So by having to purchase your own desk and chair, it doesn't sound very free to me. Mm-hmm. So that that might just be me. No, I mean it, it would cost money. Yeah, would so cost not money. free then. Not free. So the education is free, but the seat that you sit in, heard. not free. So what if you are like, I don't want to purchase a seat. I'm just gonna stand all day. Like I'm gonna work on my steps during school. Right. I don't know. I feel I don't, like that would also not be allowed. So it's probably. I mean, I would imagine just like going to, let's say, a private school. Right. You. Can you go to the school, but the uniforms are required. Yeah. I would imagine the desk would be the same way. For sure. But a very unique... I'm just going to be throwing in these random little tidbits of... Oh, this is fascinating. It, it definitely is. North Korea follows Sungun, or military first policy, for the Korean People's Army. North Korea possesses nuclear weapons and is the country with the second highest number of military and paramilitary personnel, with a total of 7.7 million active reserve, and paramilitary personnel, or approximately 30% of its population. So it requires people to go into the military. And I saw different numbers. Um, I saw 10 years for men, 7 years for women. However, there are some, like if you go to, to university, you would still be required to serve when you got out, but for a less period right. of time. So they definitely have a system set up. I'm not 100% well, sure what that is. And they're not the only country in the world to have, like, this mandatory military No, Israel does. Well, there's another country, I think, in, like, Europe or Scandinavia. Like, there's somewhere else. Maybe. Let me not get that wrong. Um, I'll Google it if we have a minute at some point. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it's not, like, totally unheard of to have a required military service. Yeah. Yeah. A 2014 inquiry by the United Nations into abuses of human rights in North Korea concluded that, quote, the gravity, scale, and nature of these violations reveal a state that does not have any parallel in the contemporary world, end quote. Ooh, I found countries with mandatory military service. Oh, who is it? This is from Google, so don't yell at me. (laughs) Greece. Uh Uh-huh. Israel. Okay. Russia. Finland. That's the one Finland. I was thinking of, but I yeah. didn't want to get wrong. Switzerland. Switzerland. I feel like I also knew that. Norway, Turkey, Armenia, North Korea, Iran, Belarus, Germany. I don't know that that one's accurate. Interesting. I'm sure that there's like contingencies in all of these. Yeah. Like none of them are maybe as strict in the same ways. Uh, Ukraine, Egypt, Sweden, Brazil, Slovakia, Taiwan. Thailand, Syria, Kuwait, Cambodia, and Argentina. Wow. That's way more than I thought. I know. Me too. But yeah, it says uh, countries with mandatory military service. Hmm. So we'll have to do more digging. Maybe that'll be a thing we come back to at some point. 100%. Fascinating. I mean, for I know for the European countries like Sweden and Norway or Finland, sorry, um, 
they just don't have a lot of people. Yeah. So for like Sweden, for example, um, it's 7.5 to 15 months for males and females at age 18 eligible as reserves until age 47. However, only a portion of those who register are selected. Interesting. In Taiwan. It's like jury duty, like a really terrible jury. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's in Thailand. 24 months for lottery chosen males at age 21. So, like, some of it's lottery, it seems like. That would be very anxiety-inducing. Yeah. I don't love that. Germany, 18 years of age, nine-month tour of compulsory military service. Huh. Huh. For males, maybe? I don't know. I'd have to do more digging. But, yeah, so it's a long list. Mm. Interesting. So the North Korean government, of course, denies these allegations, and it has also been a member of the United Nations since 1991. So we all know that North Korean, you know, they North Korea, excuse me, cuts off contact with the outside world for the most part. Right. People people can visit North Korea. It's very interesting. Yes, ma'am. So on my dad's trip around the world, he got special permission. He and the other pilot in the plane got special permission to go into North Korea. They had a three-day window. I was going to save this story in case it didn't come up. But anyways, they had like a three-day window by which they could land, tour. They they would be escorted by military the whole time. They were not allowed to go anywhere that was not like identified by the military. A public place. And they were not allowed to talk to anybody who was not like recognized as someone they could talk to a hundred percent and then they had to leave within that same window so they got ready to go and looked at the weather and they were expecting weather within like that period and they did not want to accidentally get stuck there due to bad weather because they were flying in a small airplane so they decided not to go oh my god he didn't go i was like how have i never heard the story i know i mean you do not want to get stuck there no i that feels like a no-brainer to me yeah but you're absolutely right if you go you have to be escorted by basically a tour guide you can only go to these public um like landmarks Mm -hmm. they have several big landmarks that are statues of the leaders or of just thing it's it's all political statue kind of things and that's really the only place that you're allowed to go well isn't there like a whole fake city or something where like they make it look like everything's all normal but it's like the only city you're allowed to go to i have heard that but i didn't read that anywhere okay um i think i saw a documentary on it at some point interesting yeah that would be i mean that would be fascinating yeah for sure there is a whole there there's differences between the way that it used to be versus how it is now and different things have changed that and like there used to be no restaurants there used to be like wow like actual nightlife didn't exist and and it's starting to now and there so i think it's important to remember that although it's not how we view life there is still there are still just normal people living there who are just like trying to experience life yeah there are 21 year olds there who are just trying to hang out with their friends and you know i don't know the 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 day-to-day kind of situation but all of those things still exist yeah just in a different capacity so part of this is that they don't consume any media that's not produced by north korea so they have i've read three or four channels and they're all channels that are 
are sponsored by or owned by the government. Right. Very unique. No TikTok, no Facebook. Nope. It's all propaganda. Yeah. And brainwashing, basically. They're just reiterating over and over again the the military co- beliefs and the, the... It reminds me a lot of, like, a 1984 dystopian, yeah. Yeah. like, experience. Yeah. Pictures are hung also in the homes of each resident where it has the, the leader and the previous leader's picture. Um, and they, you know... Basically, like, there's no religion in North Korea. It's a non-religious, like, religion. You can't be religious. Um, But they, like, they don't pray to them, but they kind of pray to them. Yeah. You know? Call a spade a spade. So consuming unapproved media can get you into some serious trouble. So next, I'd like to talk about the North Korean prison system. So this next section is from an article published by the Committee for Human Rights in Korea. Quote, North Korea has a complex system of unlawful detention and forced labor. The two large-scale facilities known as prison camps in English are termed uh, Kwan Il-so and Kyo Hwa-so in Korean. There are four known uh, political prison camps and over 20 prison labor camps spread throughout North Korea. Kim Il-sung, North Korea's first leader, modeled the prison camps on the Soviet gulags. And over the past six decades, North Korea's prison system has grown tremendously. Today, it is established that between 80,000 and 120,000 people are currently imprisoned in these camps. Wow. Yes. North Koreans are imprisoned for actions that are guaranteed as universal rights under the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and prosecuted as an anti-state criminal. Once imprisoned, these North Koreans are subject to torture, forced starvation, punishment for practicing religion, and even execution. Shit. Prisoners are controlled through forced labor and hunger and develop chronic health issues due to a lack of food and diversity of food sources. And that's something that is just kind of universal. When the government is determining what you're eating every day, you know, co- their cost is definitely a, fec- a factor of that as well oh, as sure. they're, you know, I don't know the percentage, but they're certainly trying to be as internal as possible as far as sourcing and farming. Right. They don't want to be dependent on any other country right. for any of their produce or whatever mm-hmm. else. Yeah. So, Pretty limited as far as the variety. Depending on the crime, prisoners can spend decades or even the remainder of their entire lives in these prison camps. And some prisoners are even born in the system. So, oh my God. I think we get to it in this quote, but for some, some crimes, they have a three generation rule. <gasps> yes. What? So people can be born, people can be born into the prison system, unfortunately. A three-generation rule? Mm-hmm. And I don't know the specifics of what would fall under that. And I, I, of course... I mean, we can probably speculate wildly. Well, and the, the, the hardest part is that this information that we're receiving is from defectors, essentially. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're just getting these accounts from people who have these lived experiences. So, in some sense, that's great because we're getting, like, first-hand accounts. We're, you know, hearing from the people who have experienced it themselves. But we also don't have any, like, 
actual data verification or verification mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a tricky place to to be Humans imprisoned uh, in these conditions have great reduction in lifespan, and forced prisoners have said that detainees may be forced to dig their own graves and watch the execution of other uh, fellow prison mates. Pellagra, a vitamin deficiency that causes chronic diarrhea, dermatitis, and dementia, is is common among prisoners due to malnutrition. Hungry prisoners are desperate to find anything that they can eat, including rodents, bugs, tree barks, grass, and lizards, but prisoners caught eating these might be beaten or killed by prison guards. Unlike the gulags of the former Soviet Union in North Korea, not only is the offender imprisoned, but up to three generations of their family may be imprisoned for uh, supposed political offenses. So would that be like... If you're imprisoned, then your parents and your grandparents, or would it be like the next three generations, like your kids and your grandkids? I believe it's the people who come after you. That's interesting. That's a good question. That's a really good question because if I'm imprisoned and I can't have any kids and I don't have any kids, I'm not sure how that works. I mean, I would assume like maybe it depends on the thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if you're pregnant and in prison and you have a kid, like, maybe that kid stays in prison, too. Right. But depending on, like, if it's a political thing, they assume your parents or your grandparents taught you that political thing. Fair. So maybe they imprison, like, your parents and grandparents. Yeah. 100%. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Punishable offenses are commonly categorized as wrongdoing, wrong thinking, and wrong association. I think that speaks volumes. It's like, hear no evil, say no evil, speak no evil. It's like, you did something wrong, you thought your beliefs are wrong, or you just got caught up with somebody else. Right. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. But any defense deemed anti-state could cause a citizen to be imprisoned. Typically, there's no fair process for being sent to one of these gulags. People are not told what crimes they have committed or not given any attorney or opportunity to defend themselves. And there is no requirement to have evidence presented in any judicial setting. So it's guilty because we said you're guilty. Correct. Um, The prison camp conditions are so egregious that according to the UN Commission of Inquiry, they amount to crimes against humanity, and many people do not survive detention because of the physical and mental hardships and human rights violations. End quote. Wow. So closing out my segment today, I just want to list just a couple of, of a few crimes that could get you sent to these prisons. So there is a specific selection of haircuts that you can choose from. Yeah, I've heard that. Which is wild. I never noticed that. I never even thought about it. Well, I know that, like, in other places around the world, like, for example, in some places in Africa, like, women have to cut their hair short or have buzz cuts, like... Interesting. Yeah. So... This has, like, for an men, it's, like, list. you have, like, three to choose from, and women have, like, three to choose from, right? It's, like, I've heard, like, 25 for okay. men and, like, 18 for women. Wow. Um, But none of those... None of them are... Kim Jong-un's hair is very uh, specific. He's got, like, the shaved up until about halfway up, and that's kind of long on the top. Right. Nobody else can have that haircut. It's like a it's like a classifier. Sure. Yeah. So if you have the wrong haircut, um, blue jeans are also banned. There's no blue jeans in North Korea. 
And I, I read that that was just because blue jeans are so American. Yeah. They're very anti-America. Yeah. Uh, so, mm. um, owning a Bible is illegal. So there's no organized religion. There's no religious expression. You cannot be a religious person. Okay. So that would, that would be the same for any religious text. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then even watching South Korean TV. So the way that they like they manipulate the the TVs when they come into the country, they're all um, like locked. They're all outsourced. They're not they're not like manufacturing right. TVs in North Korea, but they are engineering them to not have access to anything certain, else. Certain other things, yeah. So if say like they manufactured your TV and like rigged it and it didn't work or something and you were like just randomly to get that one south korean channel yeah you could be put in prison correct shit yeah you know it would have to be like a bunny ear tv situation i don't know how um updated these tvs are right they may very well still be working off that that makes sense i mean actually when you think about a modern tv you can't operate it without internet or uh, cable and yeah. so i'm sure they just have a singular form of like one of those two TV, yeah. yeah that is controlled so now that we have a little background next week we will be discussing some stories of individuals who have defected from north korea i can't wait yep very cool i'm super excited okay so intersections yeah yeah as far as the so it's hard because we've got the moon and we've got very different well there's a moon in north korea there's a moon there's <laughs> There is. Let's start with the most obvious. There's a moon here. There's a moon in North Korea. There is. It's, and I've heard it's the same one. I mean, wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't it wouldn't, surprise it wouldn't me. surprise me either. I bet there's. there may also be some folklore around moons in North Korea. Oh, I'm like sure there Korean are. Korean folklore, maybe. I'm sure. Probably associated with the moon. Speculating wildly. Just 100%. The other obvious one is that uh, just people assuming or thinking that people are out of their minds sure relating to lunacy as well as uh north korea yeah so why people may have been locked away in asylums versus you know how we perceive people in north korea yeah it's hard because separating separating for for north korea we have to separate the people and the government because the people are 100 percent just like you and I. They're victims. They're a hundred percent. Um, so it's not the people of North Korea who are they you know, they have their own customs and culture and personalities and and then this terrible thing that's happened to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So You're thinking right. I mean it's it's easy to say um that I that we we all look at this through a lens that there's no understanding. Right. That's a really great point. We cannot relate to it. Man. That's a really phenomenal point. I love that. Um, I actually just lost the the (laughs) point that I was going to make because that was such a great point. Yeah, I think, too, kind of like how language changes and develops is our understanding of the impact changes and develops. I think that what we're going to see in the future, hopefully, will eventually have more information about North Korea. So it will be one of those things that maybe looking back, we're like, these were the things we believed to be true, and this is what was true, and this wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, like, just remaining like flexible in our thinking, and like, yeah, you know, open to be willing to change the ways that we 
perceive both people um, that we have labeled versus people who live in a country that we genuinely know very little Mm -hmm. about. And have been labeled. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's also some connection. Um, It sounds like their prison system is pretty atrocious. Yeah. And I know that asylums had this, like, stigma for being pretty awful. Mm -hmm. Definitely not in the same way. Mm. But, like, people being put into them for miscellaneous reasons. That's true. I mean, I don't love that connection, but I'm just, like, trying to think of what some intersections might be here. Yeah. I think the big one is just just looking through both of these with a, uh, a stigma lens. Yeah. And... And I think we call it a day. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that's a really great intersection. Yeah. We did our first episode of season two. (laughs) Yay! Snaps, 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 snaps. Don't call it a comeback. Don't. We've been here for years, okay? (laughs) And I love how we're coming back in April, which is our birth month. It's the podcast birthday. Yeah. Yep. So happy two years to the podcast. Happy season two. Happy season two. Thank you, guys so 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 much for listening check us out on instagram our facebook is going away because nobody uses it so instagram is our exclusive where we're at and we are going to have some updates related to the new recipe for season two for patrons if you miss the pasta recipe you might be able to get it you might not but we've got some new things coming for 2023 thank you guys yeah we're super excited and we can't wait to hear from you so you know, tell us what you've been up to in the last year. Keep us posted. Send us pictures of the moon. We've missed you. If you support us, blink twice. And if you're out there, keep listening. Thank you for listening to Podcast Without an Audience. Find us on social media at Pod Without an Odd. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook. Or find us on the web at podcastwithoutanaudience.com. Shoot us an email at podwithoutanaud at gmail.com. Our cover art is created by an actual angel, Ashley Acevedo. Our music is by Zach Smith and Ted Oliver. Editing by Jacob Beeson. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and all of our nerdy content. Please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us today. Oh, and check out our Patreon for exclusive content and our pasta recipe. Again, thanks, and keep listening.